Well, listen, uh, I want to invite you to reach and grab your copy of God's Word, turn it to uh, uh, the book of uh, Joshua, and we're going to finish. Uh, we've been in the middle of a series. Uh, welcome to you new guys. As you're turning to Joshua, just go to Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we've been in, a, in the middle of a series, if you, if you don't know this, uh, entitled Five Pillars of Biblical Manhood. Uh, five pillars of biblical manhood, and they come from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. And here are the five pillars, guys, uh, right out of 1 Corinthians chapter thir- uh, 16, verse 13 and 14. Number one is be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. Again, those five are be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. Those are the five pillars, and those come straight from. If you want to memorize two verses together, First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, that's what it says. That's what those verses say. Uh, we're in the middle of um, uh, pillar number three, which is be courageous. And what I've been doing in this series for you new guys is I've been looking at Scripture, and that's the beauty of Scripture, is I've been looking at, at guys in Scripture who have failed, all right? That either failed at uh, being on their guard, uh, and then who succeeded in being on their guard. Guys who failed at standing firm in their faith, we see them in Scripture. And then guys uh, who succeeded and had sweet victory. Uh, in uh, standing firm in their faith. And last week we looked at uh, guys who failed in Scripture at being courageous. And today we're going to look at some guys uh, that uh, succeeded, had some sweet victory uh, in being courageous. And in doing this, if you remember last week looking at uh, being courageous, we went back to uh, the book of Numbers uh, when uh, God had showed up to Moses said, Moses, my people are, are, are moaning and groaning and their, uh, their tears and their prayers have come before me. I've heard it. I've seen their difficulties. Uh, and I want you to go deliver uh, the children of Israel out of the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt. I want you to journey them across uh, uh, to the promised land. And so they've gone through the Red Sea. They've been without water. They made it to the promised land. They chose 12 spies. Remember one guy from each. Uh, if you weren't here, by the way, all of these are online, guys. If you, if you miss one, if you're out a week because you travel or work, uh, you can go catch it online. Usually by noon uh, of today, uh, these lessons are online. And I've already heard some of you guys say, hey, it was neat. I couldn't be there this week. I was out of town for work, uh, but I picked it up. Uh, so uh, we usually chop the news we can use off. Uh, that way none of us go to, uh, go to court. Um, and so particularly your pastor. Uh, yeah, I don't care that much about y'all. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this isn't your career. Uh, so, uh, 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 so we chop that news we can use off. Uh, but, but anyway... Uh, uh, anyway, we, if you miss them, go hear that. And so last week we looked at the spies. Remember, uh, Moses, uh, God instructed Moses. And there are times that, that God tells us to do something and things don't turn out great or God tells us to do something and it seems like those others who are around you follow God just so far. And then they leave. And that's what happened with the 12 spies. They went into the land, and sure enough, it was exactly what God had promised uh, Moses when he showed up to him at the burning bush. It was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It had all kinds of fruit. It was the best place you could probably imagine. It was a spacious land. It was a grand land. It was a fertile land. But exactly what God told Moses at the burning bush was true. It was filled with who? The Amalekites and the Jebusites and all the otherites and the Philistines, and there were enemies in the land. God told Moses at the burning bush, it is an amazing land, 
but it was an amazing land that was filled with enemies. And the reality of it is, anytime we do something for God, we have to know God's going to lead us a place, but He doesn't always promise us that we're not going to encounter an enemy. He doesn't always promise us that we're not going to go through any struggles or hurts or heartaches to get to the promised land, to take over the promised land. And so you remember, as, they came, as the spies came back, uh, after they had spent 40 days, and we looked at this last week, a lot of people wonder, well, why did the children of Israel spend 40 years wandering around in the desert? They spent 40 years wandering around in the desert because the spies spent 40 years looking and surveying the promised land before they came back out. Yeah, 40 days. They spent 40 days. They spent 40 years. You know, 40-something. Hey, listen, I'm new at this. Uh, so they spent 40 years in the desert because the spies had spent 40 years looking out at the land. And so that's where the 40 comes from. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, Judge Joshua, how about that today? So uh, anyway, they all died is all I'm saying. Because of their disobedience, those spies, uh, it's still before seven. Anything I say before seven can't be used against me. Um, uh, because of what the spies' disobedience and their disobedience, man, the children of Israel, a whole generation of them died. And that's what we looked at last week. And so we want to be faithful to follow God. Now, um, of those 12 spies, if the 10 of them that said, we're not going into the promised land, we're not going to fight, they acknowledged it was a great land, but we can't win. Ten of those disobeyed God. Two of them stood strong. Two of them st stood strong. Who were they? Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua. And that's exactly what we're going to look at today. If, if those other ten lacked the courage to go in, Caleb and Joshua stayed faithful. They tried to rally the people, said, man, don't be afraid. God is with us. We can do it. Don't be afraid uh, of the enemy that's in the land. If God told us we can win, we can win. And those two guys stayed faithful. Sure enough, the hearts of the people uh, turned against God, uh, and they literally wanted to stone uh, Joshua and Caleb. And so then they head off into the, into the wilderness to die. And if you remember, God wanted to destroy them. This is one of the times that Moses, the leader of the people, interceded for the people. He said, God, don't wipe them off the face of the map. Man, God, everybody knows what you've done. If you destroy your people, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be bad for your name. It's going to look bad on you. God, it's going to be egg on your face. And so Moses pretty much intercedes, and God chooses not to destroy the people. But God does say, I'm going to walk them around in the desert because that's where they chose to be. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for 40 years. And not anyone is going to last or survive save Joshua and Caleb. All right, Joshua, the two that were faithful. So let me open us in prayer, and then we're going to jump into Joshua chapter 1, and we're looking at a study and courage, sweet victory. Father, thank you so much for this day. Uh, thank you for these guys, Lord. And we just pray that um, as we look at your word and as we see your word, uh, that we would, um, uh, we would just glean some insights from our own lives, that um, when we follow you, uh, God, we are not, uh, not promised that we won't encounter any difficulties or hardships or even some difficult enemies uh, in the days ahead, but we're told to simply stay faithful. And if we're willing to fight with you and for you, we will come out victorious, uh, even through difficulty and hardship uh, and against uh, amazing odds. And so, Father, I pray that when we look at the lives of Joshua, 
And we look at the lives of Caleb today uh, that uh, regardless of where we are, whether we're young in our faith or young in our life uh, or we're old in our faith or we're old chronologically in life, that we would still with vim and vigor say we're going to follow God wherever he leads us and wherever he uh, wants us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so let's jump forward uh, 40-some-odd years. And as we jump forward 40-some-odd years, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And as we think about uh, the spies and their uh, failure. uh, So now in Joshua chapter 1, the children of Israel have journeyed around uh, in the desert. Joshua has faithfully served uh, Moses along the way. And guess what? The children of Israel are right back to the edge of the promised land, right? And that's a lot of times, guys, what we have to remember in our own lives, in our own seasons in life. When God tells us to go somewhere and we come up uh, to the space or the place uh, or the edge of the river, all right, and we know that victory is on the other side, and we begin to rationalize in our minds, well, we can't do it. Now, 40 years before, 40 years before, uh, the children of Israel could rationalize in their mind, man, We walked around. The fruit uh, was great. The land was great. The space was great. This is how the spies thought. But the reality of it is their cities are well fortified. Their, uh, uh, their, Their men know how to fight. Some of their men are way bigger than us. And the truth is we've been slaves Man, we've been making brick and mortar. You remember, you, you, you've at least, if you haven't read the Bible, you've at least seen the movie, right? More bricks, less straw, all that good stuff. That's about all we know to do. And guess what? We came out of Egypt, and it says God so wanted them out of Egypt, or Pharaoh so wanted them out of Egypt. They gave them some gold. They gave them some money. They gave them some things like that. But journeying through, the, these were not battle-hardened strategists. And so for them to think about going in and displacing someone who had fortified cities and uh, great armament and were ready for battle and, and had everything going for them, let me tell you what, there was some reason that they could rationalize that we can't do it in our own flesh. And the truth is that there was a good answer, that, that in themselves and of themselves, they could not have won the victory. But with God, they could have won the victory. So now, they say no. I think somebody's, uh, does that mean I'm done? Uh, uh, you know, they, so they journey around. In the desert, generation dies. They are back at the same place facing the same decision. And what's the decision? There's land. There's a land that God had told us to go get. It is flowing with milk and honey. Guess what? The cities are still fortified. The enemies are still in the land. You are still going to have to fight. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I, I will tell you the, one of the greatest things I see with guys, one of the greatest difficulties I see with guys is for them to understand if they are battling with something right now, if they're struggling with something right now, if they know they've got some decisions to make in their lives right now, sometimes they come so close to following God with all of their heart and all of their life only to turn back. And sadly, what I know, and, and they may know, but they want to push you back, it's someday, because I believe in a lot of guys' lives, some of our lives, many of our lives, many of the people that we know, that we know what we should be doing for God. We know how we should be living. We know where we should go, whether it's to get connected with church or a group or a space or a place. And we know all that. And we come up with excuses. 
Why am I not going to do that? Why, you know, hey, listen, I work hard, I do this, I get tired, I'm exhausted, you know, all of these kind of things. Only to journey around, maybe it's not 40 years, maybe it's 40 days, maybe it's 40 months, maybe it's 40 weeks, to ultimately someday when they say, I'm ready to follow God, they come back to the same place and they know the same thing. I know it's going to be sweet when I follow God. I know it's going to be nice when I walk with God. But the reality of it is there are some demons in the land. There's some difficulties. And I've got a past that tells me I can't do it. But God says, man, guys, it's time to step up. And so here we are. When we come to the book of Joshua, Joshua is ready to take over from Moses. Joshua has had the blessing of uh, serving under Moses, who was not a perfect leader, by the way. Uh, he wasn't a perfect leader when God called him from the burning bush. Remember, he started making excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. God sent him Aaron. Uh, Aaron helped him out in some ways, hurt him in other ways. Uh, but Moses wasn't a perfect leader. Uh, God told Moses to speak to a rock one time. And, uh, you know, in the, in the time before that, he said, strike the rock to get water out. And Moses disobeyed God. Man, it was, he was frustrated with people. He struck the rock and water came out. God says, you know what? I gave you water, but you're not going in the promise land. There were a number of other things. But Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. And so Joshua, it's time for Joshua to take over. And Joshua does exactly what you and I think. Man, he gets concerned. He's like, how am I going to lead this people? What if I'm the guy that finally leads the children of Israel into the promised land and we get lit up? We lose if we can't do it. So now when we come to Joshua chapter 1, this was Joshua leading the children of Israel back to the same place. Uh, let's, let's pick it up and uh, let's start reading uh, in verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, in other words, his assistant, his second in command, Moses, my servant, is dead. All right. Now then, you and all of these people, Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. He says, I will give you every place where you set foot as I promised to Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country uh, to the Mediterranean Sea into the west. And he goes, listen to this, verse 5. And no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as, with Mo as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Therefore, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Then look at verse 7 again. Be strong and very courageous. So if you look in verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. And he says, but be careful to do and obey all the law that my servant Moses gave to you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Then he says, and keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. He goes, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Then he asks first question. He asks kind of God, ask a rhetorical question. He says, have I not commanded you? Only be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. 
wherever you go. Now let me back you up. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. But notice the keys. When we are being strong and courageous, when we are following God, notice some of the keys. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Guys, as we begin to journey in God's life, and God has called us to do something and asked us to do something and given us a vision to do something, it's important that we go into battle with incredible courage that we be willing to fight with incredible courage, spiritually, physically, relationally. We also need to know there's a battle. I mean, there was a real enemy. I mean, Joshua wasn't making up an enemy. Uh, he wasn't like, uh, if you know anything, if you like, like uh, uh, studying military history, he wasn't like General McClellan. Uh, back in the Civil War. You know, he's graduated valedictorian of West Point. Uh, he apparently was an amazing uh, organizer of military. He, 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 he knew how to get the troops organized. He knew how to uh, get them prepared for battle. He knew exactly the right conditions he wanted for battle. But if you know uh, the, uh, the dialogue between him and Abraham Lincoln, where he'd promote him and, and, and kick him back and promote him and kick him back, the one thing McClellan never would do was act. He would never actually go do anything. He would never attack. He was always waiting for something else. And not only that, if you look back and you read through some of the letters and the dialogues, he created an enemy that was bigger than it was. They, they looked through some of the numbers and some of the letters, and they think in every battle that he was preparing for, McClellan, uh, from, for the north uh, against the south, when he was fighting and battling Lee or whatever, that he probably predicted that the Confederate soldiers had about three times as many soldiers as they actually did. And by the time he was ready to, get, to go to battle, when he would spend all of his time looking for reinforcements, planning his strategy, and get Lee would attack him. Now, he never had disaster, but he never had victory. And boy, you read some of the letters that Lincoln and, and, and him wrote. There, there was one that, that Lincoln said, you know, it's just time for you to do something, basically, is what he said. And guys, there, there are a lot of analogies for us spiritually. There are a lot of times we can spend times in our, in our lives and our families. We can do a lot of strategizing. We can do a lot of planning. You know, I really need to have a sit-down, an eye-to-eye, a heart-to-heart conversation with my son or, or, or my brother or my family or my dad or my wife. And part of that conversation needs to be uh, an apology and a, and a confession and asking for, for, for forgiveness for someone or to encourage someone to get back on the path. Or maybe it's a friend. Man, you've got a friend that's gotten off the path and you're ready, you're, you, need to, you need to get him. And we organize and we plan and we know what we're supposed to do. Am I the only guy that's ever in this path? I know a lot of what I'm supposed to do, but I don't do it. You know, very rarely, I will tell you this, very rarely in my life, even before I surrendered the ministry, uh, and, and you've heard me share a little bit, it was not a pretty picture. I'm glad we didn't have social media back uh, before I surrendered the ministry. I would not be your pastor. I will promise you that. You know, if they would have had video at that time. So I want you to know. But even in that season, I knew what I was supposed to do. My guess is there are a lot of guys in here and a lot of guys we know, they know what they're supposed to do. They can organize their thoughts, they can make plans, but they never actually attack. 
And beyond that, when many of us might do what uh, McClellan did, which was always assume it's going to be harder than it is, create a phantom enemy that really doesn't exist. And so, guys, if you're in that space or in that season of life, I, I want to tell you, there is nothing better to do than to act and to act now. Boy, the, the definition of courage is not the absence of fear. The definition of courage basically is the willingness to go on in spite of your fear. Or I think it was Patton who one time said, it's just to hold on one minute longer. That was his definition of courage. To not quit, to hold on courage was not the absence of fear. It was to be willing to hold on one minute longer than other people. And then all of a sudden they say, dude, that, is, that guy's courageous. Well, let me tell you what, he just hung on one minute longer. And a lot of us, all we need to do is be willing to act and then just hold on a little bit longer. And so, guys, I, I want to encourage you, if you've been organizing your thoughts and organizing your plan and, and you're standing at your own spiritual Jordan River and you've got an enemy that you've got to deal with and sometimes it's addiction and sometimes it's some sort of uh, passion gone wrong, it's a relationship that's gone too far, uh, it, it's something else, hey, man, it, it's time to act. Part of courage is being willing to act because here they are back at the same stinking Jordan River that they were 40 years ago. And guess what? The enemies are still in the land. The cities are still fortified, but the land is still flowing with milk and honey. All we got to do is just do something and act. And so God says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. But then he says, but be careful. This is verse 7. To obey all the law I gave to my servant Moses, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, when I think about a lot of guys in our lives, once they finally act, once they make the decision, once they sense God's blessing, they said, man, you know what? I'm going to get in a group. I'm going to get in a Bible study. I'm going to start studying God's Word. I'm going to memorize a little scripture. I'm going to do this. We make it in, and guess what? We taste some of the sweetness of the land. Uh, we start enjoying the relationships. We enjoy the other guys. We enjoy laughing. We enjoy growing in our spiritual life. And what do we do? We do dude things, right? What's that? That means spiritually, I think a lot of guys' biggest problems, we're all spiritually, we're ADD. I mean, we're all right. Because then we get into the land, gather a little fruit, and we start looking around, right? And we start like puppy dogs, and we're just looking. We get distracted. A lot of times, we stop staying faithful. And so we venture off to the path, and we start cutting some deals. And we can look, Joshua, we won't have to read long into the book of Joshua if you wanted to. We don't have to look long. And, and Joshua makes a bad deal with some guys that kind of come up and deceive him. And, and he makes a bad gig and makes a bad deal. God says, don't cut any deals when you go into land. Destroy them all. But if you look in the long term in the history of Israel, their greatest failure was not fully driving out the enemies in the land. They left them there, and so they ended up worshiping, worshiping in their high places and uh, worshiping idols and always having to fight the same stinking battle over and over and over and over again because they don't fully, that's the key, follow God's Word. A lot of us will follow God's Word in this area of our life or in this area of our life and in this season and that season, but not fully. And so, guys, I want to encourage you to fully follow God's Word. And when we fully follow God's Word and drive out the enemies in the land, all right, 
That's where success and victory in our lives. Now, that doesn't always equate to money. All right? Doesn't always equate to money. But you will have success if you do things right and following God and growing spiritually. And so now as you jump down, he says you will have success wherever you go. Now verse 8, and the book of the law, keep it always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Guys, are you in some sort of daily scripture reading plan? Uh, do you have, uh, man, there are all kinds of apps now on your phone that, uh, man, a verse of the day you can get. Uh, version is what we use here at the church. You can download version, uh, verse of the day, some sort of podcast. I'm doing a Devo each and every day uh, on, um, uh, on, on just this uh, prayer series. We're walking through six conversations every day. You can download that. What do they text? Devo, the word Devo. If you don't have it, text the word Devo, D-E-V-O, not Diva. That'll get you in the women's ministry. Uh, I'm kidding about that. I just, that just kind of came out. Uh, text the word Devo uh, to 77978. And uh, every day you'll get a uh, one-minute podcast. You can go to it, and I'll just give you a a quick thought of the day, a verse and a thought, a verse and a thought that just says as you make your journey today. And God, I think that's why, uh, guys, I think that's why he says meditate on it day and night. Guys, we need a thought every day to redirect us. Anybody like me, let me tell you what, I need a thought. It doesn't have to be a 90-minute sermon. You do not have to wake up. All right, and spend an hour and a half on your knees. If you can do that, God bless you. You're a retired fireman. Uh, but if you, can, uh, if, you, if you can take 60 seconds to get a scripture, get a thought of the day, man, just to keep us going the right path, meditate on it day and night. Man, as I come in to land the plane, man, I want to get the flaps down. I want to make sure my mind's ready. I'm going to walk in. Uh, you know, man, when I, when I left this morning, uh, uh, things weren't great with my kids, my wife. I, I need to have the flaps down. I need to meditate on it day and night. I need to have a good conversation. She's about to get home or I'm about to get home. Uh, I need to be honest. You know, I blew it. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said that. Instead of me walking in there with my, with my uh, knuckles drawn up and I'm never going to do anything physically but spiritually, I'm ready. I've been thinking all day about my comeback. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Boy, you wait. Next time she mentions this, I'm going to light her up. In Jesus' name, always. And guys, we got to meditate on it day and night. So we come in and we have the heart of Christ We're the heart of Christ to our kids and our wives. And sometimes having the heart of Christ is to look our family in the eye and and apologize. Man, to go sit down with your son. And I've done this with my oldest boy. say, dude, I I, I want to apologize to you. Now that I've I've got four kids, y'all know I have four kids. I said, now that I'm raising my my younger two, I'm a way better dad than my younger two than I was my older two. I looked at him. I said, hey, can you forgive me? I was a rookie when I raised you. I didn't have a dad, a grandfather looking down on me going, dude, that ain't, that ain't that important. You know, if you hadn't had that conversation with your kids, I've had that conversation with my oldest son, Jace. I've said, dude, I did my best I could. Now, we won a lot of games that didn't matter, but I, you know, I was hard on you, way too hard on you. And, you know, you're kind of sitting there going, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And you'd be surprised when you cross that barrier. Man, that, that it becomes a joke now. You know, and Jay's sitting there watching me parent JJ and say, boy, you're lucky you got the good dad. And it, it's just, just, just a joke. I mean, it's funny. And, he, and he's right. Man, there's things that my youngest kid does that I look around. And maybe I'm just exhausted. I don't know. Uh, but wisdom tells me it ain't funny. 
You know, it's not worth it. But we got to meditate on it day and night. If you are not in some scripture, and it does not have to be my Devo, it can be, man, version has all kinds of things related that you can just get in to a Bible reading plan and a Bible time. So notice, it says, keep the book of law on your lips. Meditate, I'm in verse 8, Joshua chapter 1. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. He goes, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Guys, which one of us doesn't want to be prosperous and successful? I'll tell you what, if there's someone in here that truly does, will tell us you truly don't want to be prosperous and successful, you're either a liar or you're an anomaly. I'm just going to tell you, I want to be prosperous. I want to be successful. Now, again, that doesn't always equate to money in the bank. But I want to be prosperous in what I do. I want, to be, I want to be a good pastor. Why do I want to be a good pastor? Certainly I want to be a good pastor because that was, that's what God called me to. You guys need a good pastor. You guys need an honest pastor. You got to need a pastor that, that you can walk with the ups and downs with him. You can go to the winding roads, the curvy roads, sound like a country and western song is about to show up. But, man, it, it, we need, that's what you need. And I want you to know I want to be prosperous for you guys. I want our church to be successful for you guys. I want our church to be prosperous and successful for our student ministry, for our kids, for our young girls and our young boys. I do. I want you to know. And, and hopefully you want that too. Why? Because let me tell you what. You want to talk about keeping this, this, this country on the right path? It ain't coming out of Hollywood. And I'll promise you, it's not coming out of Washington, D.C. And it's not going to come out of some university professor who's got tenure He's not going to come from some White House uh, comedian's dinner where they're dropping F-bombs about the current president. Let me tell you what. If we're ever going to stay on the right path in this country, it's going to come out of guys like us. It's going to come from people like us who are willing to not turn from the left or the right but stay the course at the same time, not walking around like we're a bunch of Pharisees that we've never made a mistake, we've never dropped the ball, we've never blown it. Nor are, we going to stand, nor are we going to make it once I'm a little further along the path if all I do is turn around and judge the young guys that are rolling through life and choosing a little bit of a different course and a little bit of a different path, and I don't like their music, but they're faithfully following God, but we're majoring on the minor instead of minor and letting the minor stuff stay minor and majoring on the major stuff. Guys, that's what it takes. So I want to encourage you, man. The enemy's in front of you, but if God is with you, you just stay faithful. Man, I look around some of the eyes in this room, and not, not everybody knows everybody's story, and I certainly know everybody's story. Man, there are some guys in this room who are amazing, shining examples for other guys in this room, and they were about this close to losing it all. This close. And so you happen to be one of those guys in your own private ministry, uh, misery in your own private circumstances where you feel like I'm about this close from losing my marriage. I'm this close from losing my life. I'm this close from losing my kids. I'm this close from losing everything. Welcome to the club. You're not alone. You're not alone. And so I love this, man, as we continue reading. He says, and then you will be prosperous and successful. And then he says, have I not commanded you? I love that question. And God asks you the same question, guys. Have I not commanded you, 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 to what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will give you and he will be with you wherever you go. Dude, that's the question God's asking everybody. Are you willing to man up spiritually? 
Are you willing to be courageous? Now, remember, I said there were two examples of courage. One was right there. Jump down to Joshua chapter 14. Hey, thanks for showing up today, Mike. Love you too, buddy. Joshua chapter 14. Remember I said there were two guys that stayed faithful. Joshua, who was the other one? All right, so they've been out in the desert for 40-some-odd years. The children of Israel are being led into the promised land by Joshua. Hadn't heard much about Caleb in a long, long, long time. He didn't show up in the headlines. He wasn't noted in many of the battles. He wasn't Moses. He wasn't Joshua. He wasn't many of the other leaders. But when we come back to Joshua chapter 14, let's pick it up in verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And who? Caleb. All right, son of a bunch of people we can't say. He says, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? Okay, so what's Caleb saying? You remember, you remember what God said to Moses about you, Joshua, and me? I love these words. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. He goes, remember when we were spies together? Remember when we were that close we, we were that close to being here 40, over 40 years ago. He goes, we were that close to explore the land. And he says, I brought back a report according to my convictions. Guys, there's got to be some convictions in our heart that we're going to follow God and we're going to do what God wants us to do over and over. I brought back a report according to my convictions. Guys, there are times that we need to go back when we sense God's doing something in our heart and we need to go back to our wives or our families or our kids or something and say, guys, these are my convictions. And that's where, depending on where you've been in your life, if you've been on your spiritual, you know, Egypt, slavery, spiritually, sinfulness, or you've been journeying around out in the desert for 40-some years, there might be some confession. Guys, these haven't always been my convictions. But these are my convictions from here on out. All the worship is important. Church is important. This is what I want to do. And man, I, 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 there are some convictions. I want to be a part of this. There are some convictions. He says, I spoke to you according to my convictions, verse 8. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. He said, I, however, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. I love that. Convictions. And wholeheartedly. And that means we need to be all in. If you were here and you heard the message this week about King Hezekiah, remember when Hezekiah prayed to God, Lord, you know how I followed you wholeheartedly. I didn't shrink back. I didn't back up. I followed you wholeheartedly. And then as you journey on verse 10, he says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for now over 45 years. Since that time, he said this to Moses. While Israel moved out, moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. He was one of the spies that held strong to his conviction. He followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Here he is over 40 years later, and he's looking at Joshua, 
the leader of the people, just like he looked at Moses before and said, we can take this land. And so he says, here I am today. Now notice, uh, by the way, if you were to read on in Numbers, if you want to go back, God actually singled him out and said, he's going to stay alive. Why is he going to stay alive? Because he followed me faithfully. And so notice as we read on, here I am today, 85 years old. He says, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. He says, I am just as vigorous to go out and battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard. Then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb. And then he said, the son of uh, Jephthah, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron belonged to Caleb, uh, the son of Jephthah, the Kenazite, uh, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So now listen to this. So here, Caleb and Joshua were part of the ten spies over four decades earlier. They were the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, who said, we can go in and take the land. Because of the other ten's unfaithfulness and sinfulness, these dudes have to journey around in the desert. Man, can you imagine how bitter Caleb could have been? Man, I, the, 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 hearing the children of Israel whine out in the middle of the desert how hot it is and we don't have any water and we're eating the same food over and over and over again. Man, can you imagine? I, I, I would have I been Heismaning the other children of Israel over and over again. Look, you voted for this. This is what you voted for. Don't whine about it. We could have been in the promised land, but you were a little afraid. So you voted to journey around in the desert for four decades. Don't whine now. I mean, you made your choice. And a lot of times that is the way we go, guys. We choose to journey. We choose to journey in a desert of our own making because we refuse to go into the promised land. And guys, I want to encourage you, run that through and that thought over and over in your mind. What desert am I choosing to walk around in because I refuse to go into the promised land? And I bet every one of us has some desert that we choose to dwell in when God wants us to be in the promised land. But we refuse to go. Because it's going to require some confession. It's going to require some accountability. It's going to require me to tell somebody. It's going to require me to, to humble myself and say, Dude, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I need some help. And so God, so 40, four decades earlier, he raised the hand and said, We can go in because God is on our side. The children of Israel said no. He walked around in the desert, had to hate their guts, Right? I mean, wouldn't you be honest, guys? Wouldn't you be? I would be the most bitter backseat Baptist in the world. Man, I would be. And you know what? And guess what? I would have been so bitter that, that you know what happened to the rest of them, save these two dudes? They died. Can you imagine just the overwhelming feeling in the grief of the moment standing at the grave of one of those other ten spies, just doing everything you could you could do to keep yourself from hacking a loogie and spitting on his grave. I know that's not in the Bible. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're sitting there going, dude, you killed all of us. You get the bitterness. But it's interesting, you don't sense that with Caleb. He shows back up 
to Joshua. He says, hey, remember that conversation Moses, our friend, our leader, our flawed leader, our flawed friend had with us back at Kadesh Barnea a number of years ago? He said, you're going to get the land. And so Caleb said, my convictions told me to speak what I wanted to speak that day. And he says, I'm 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was back then. Now, let me just stop right there with some of you guys that are a little long in the tooth. There's no quit in God's kingdom. There's no retirement in God's kingdom. If you get the opportunity to retire, you're not just retiring from something. You're retiring to something. Heavy labor in the kingdom of God. Heavy work in the kingdom of God. Why? There's a whole pack of children of Israel that need to follow you into the promised land. And you need to pave the way and you need to make it happen. And there is no quit. And there's no quit in Caleb's life. So don't walk out of here and say, man, we need conviction. We need wholehearted devotion. But man, when I'm 60, everybody else needs to do the work in the church. That's baloney. That's baloney. And so Caleb says, man, I'm 85 years old. I'm just as strong. You say, Pastor, was he really just as strong as he was uh, over 45 years ago? I don't know, but the man said he was. And with God on his side, I want to be on his team, all right? I want to be on that guy's team. And so he says, I'm 85 years old. Now, jump down. He goes, man, I'm still as strong, verse 11. Today is the day that Moses sent me out. He says, I'm just as vigorous to go into battle as I was then. Now give me this hill country. Underline that phrase, if you've got the beginning of verse, give me the hill country. Now, now, at 85 years, being that faithful, you know what? I, I think Caleb probably had a good enough relationship with jo Joshua, and he says, hey, uh, can you give me the donut shop? Can, can you give me the place, you know, the, the, the field? I mean, can you just let me kind of roll over here and, and, and do some farming in this community? I mean, how many of you think he probably could have had his pick of the easiest place? What did he choose? The hill. Wait, not just a hill where the giants were. Not just a hill where the giants were, but the cities were fortified. All right? I mean, think about it. He could have asked for the cupcake of the land. And Joshua would have probably said, dude, well, yeah, you've been faithful all along. But he says, let's go to battle. You know, I think there are a lot of times that that's the way we are in church or in God's kingdom or in work, maybe privately or, or corporately in our own lives. Uh, man, we want God to give us something, but we don't want to have to take the mountain. We don't have to take, battle the uh, giants in the land, and we don't want to have to fight the fortified cities, but they're there. Same thing with the church. Man, we want a church as long as they're, you know, as long as they're the bomb of Gilead on my wounds and as long as there's wind at my back and there's sunshine on my face. But as soon as the church asks me to do something, asks me to sacrifice something, asks me, man, I'm out. I'm looking for something else. Man, that's what we do, right? I mean, that's my nature. But I want to encourage us as we think about closing this, fifth, this third of the fifth pillar. Be courageous. Don't be like the spies, guys, in your own life or your family's life or your church's life and back away from the promised land because there's enemy in there. But instead, be like Joshua and Caleb. And regardless of how long it takes you to get back to the promised land, you, with wholehearted devotion, 
with the same conviction you had at first. You follow God, and when time comes for you to take the hill country, you feel like God has promised you, regardless of the giants and regardless of the fortified walls, you go. Because courage is simply hanging on and fighting through a little bit longer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for these guys. I thank you for the opportunity to share with them. Thank you for the new guys today. God, as we uh, make our journey, let us, uh, uh, let us be your children. But God, let us be men. Man, as we look and we listen to seasons around, we, we, we hear all kinds of people coming against and attacking masculinity. And God, uh, half the time we don't know if they're, if they're attacking illegitimate masculinity, which sometimes men uh, take too much advantage of, or if, if they're just attacking a God-given, ordained, created in the image of God. Bless them, both male and female masculinity. God, let us be the kind of men who spiritually walk with that Genesis chapter 1 masculinity that you created us different, different by design so that we could be bold and we could be courageous and we could be fighters in the right way in the right season for our families and our life and our country. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Introduce yourself to someone on the way out.